Hello, and welcome to That Missionary Life. For those of us who are back in this American life, but still want to talk about that missionary life. These are stories and hindsight. Here's from my blog, August 2005. I went shopping with Ajani and Katya today. I think the world is against me and my goal of trying to cook. There was no baking powder in the whole supermarket, and this is the largest supermarket in Carpina. Besides that, I did not know the word for it, so try acting out baking powder without any English. It's a lot harder than most words in charades. It turns out their flour already has baking powder in it? What? I am not sure, though, since my Portuguese is pretty rough, but that's what the bag says when you translate it literally. I tried a fruit called sapote. I think it's the first fruit I actually found I don't like, but it didn't go to waste because Ricardo likes it, but his taste can't be trusted since he also likes to eat fried ants. (laughs) A friend wrote to me, wrote me out some recipes for desserts in Portuguese. I'm trying to translate them, but as I read the names, one really cracked me up and made me remember that, yeah, the culture is really different here. The name, the actual name of this dessert is creme engorda marido. Literally, the cream that makes your husband fat. (laughs) Karini and I made pudding in jello today. Have you ever had guava flavored jello? It's really good. Jasiata wanted to watch the movie that was on TV tonight, so she joined us in the room. I didn't really care to watch it. I mean, I can only understand so much in Portuguese, but we all set out to watch it, and guess who was the only one who was awake by the time it was over? Yeah, me. And guess what movie it turned out to be? Some movie about Britney Spears called Crossroads. Oh, goodness. I think if it's possible, her voice sounds even more whiny in Portuguese than it does in English. I've been on a cleaning spree yes, lately. I cleaned the kitchen yesterday uh, because there was some rat that got into some food and left some poo. <laughs> Try explaining that to somebody else in Portuguese without having <laughs> any help. It's really hard to act out. I cleaned the room today and I learned how to mop the floor with a cloth and your feet. I watched Johnny do it and then I tried. It's actually rather fun when you have some music on and can dance around the room. The problem was I kept trying to get the corners and would bump my head on the shelf above without seeing it. So the schedule of me living here at the seminary in Brazil, um, we roll out of bed and have devotions from 6 to 7. We have breakfast, which normally seems to be eggs and couscous, from 7 to 7.30, and group devotions from 7.30 to 8. And by 8 o'clock, I am absolutely exhausted. There is nothing more tiring than Portuguese in the morning or any second language. From 8 to 12, they have class and I do various things like try to wash my clothes by hand. I am really trying to learn. Listen to Portuguese music, read my Portuguese book, do something else in Portuguese. Are you sensing a theme here? And write nice long letters like this. We eat lunch together from 12 at 12.30 and have a break until they split up for work assignments from 2 to 5. The guys do a lot of maintenance work. Jaciara is the secretary, so she I sit around with her while she does a lot of different work. 
and Valdelani goes to the Growing Kids program. I'm hoping to go with her sometime, and when I do, I will write all about Growing Kids, which is Living Stones in English, which is a super neato program working with kids, basically the same thing that I've done in the past at the Youth Center in Indianapolis. At 6, we have dinner. The girls cook for everyone, and then we all do the dishes, and then they have study time at 7.30 and lights out at 10. Okay pause. So there was this really cool time of my life when I was in Brazil before the international school started. They were planning on getting the international school started um, and they had different people that went to the seminary who lived there. Um, it was like Jaciara, Valdeleni, Atu, um, Carlos. Oh my goodness, who else was it? Uh, anyways, a couple of different people. Um, a lot of them are still in the ministry today, which is really cool. And I still know them. And it's just cool to think back of the time where we would get lunch every day from the gas station, which is funny to think about it, but super normal in Brazil. Gas stations have, uh, a lot of gas stations there have restaurants and they're really good. And they have like the traditional Brazilian lunch which is like this plastic, uh, not plastic. What is, what is that called? Styrofoam, styrofoam bowl. That's just levels of food. So it's so funny because when I was little, I was all into eating, you know, everything in their little part of my plate and none of the food could touch. Well, Brazilians don't put food. Well, some of them do, but commonly Brazilians don't put food in little sections of the plate. It is much more common to have food like layered, like a layer of beans and then a layer of rice, which first of all seems a little off to me. I always have my beans on top of my rice, but most of the time Brazilians do their beans first. So beans, rice, and then you might have like the salsa kind of stuff, which is called vinaigrette, and then you'd have like farofa, and who knows, you might also have put noodles on on as a layer. (laughs) mashed potatoes as a layer you'd be so surprised how good all these things taste and then probably the meat on top meat or chicken um and with this always amazing sauce you know that just like seeps through all the layers and makes everything mm, oh my goodness I just I'm like salivating salivating I I, I, I'm making myself hungry for sure but anyway so we would do that for lunch and then basically breakfast and dinner was a lot of couscous uh and that is this is not couscous um like from the middle east like a kind of uh healthy grain this was a kind of processed corn um so basically it was just a corn filler it wasn't even like super healthy (laughs) I don't know it probably is as healthy as like cornflakes I don't know um, so yeah, eggs and corn, uh, for breakfast and dinner and then maybe like sausage or they had shaki, uh, which is like a salted pork, I think as salted meat. Um, I'm sorry. I lived in Brazil for a long, long time and I still, I just, oh, I could not do shaki. Shaki was not one of my favorite things. And, but so many things, so many things were, but shaki, <laughs> Shaki was not one of my things. Here's more from the blog. Yesterday, I went to Sandra's wedding. She's the one who sang in Portuguese while I sang in English that we sang with the band. Other note, just to let you know, um, Sandra's two daughters uh, were in my English class, like 
in 2019 and 20. <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, but anyways, uh, it was neat to see a Brazilian wedding. Instead of bridesmaids and groomsmen, they have witnesses who sit at the front. These witnesses, including the parents um, of the couples, are, are respected couples and close friends that will sign the marriage contract with the bride and the groom and pledge to be there for encouragement, advice, and support. I really like that. Most Brazilian weddings are at night, um, but this one was for 9 a.m. We arrived at 9.30. Telly was a little nervous because, after all, he was preaching. Uh, he was officiating. But it turns out we could have slept in because the bride did not arrive until 10.15, and they began the processional around 10.30. It turns out the bride is normally expected to be at about an hour late to her own wedding. Okay. So here's some hindsights to this. <laughs> Weddings in another country. Oh my goodness. So I think there's sometimes when you live in a foreign country that you can forget about a lot of things being different after you live there a while in day-to-day things. But then there are certain traditions and stuff where you realize again how how different or different stuff. And and I think weddings and funerals for sure are definitely some of these things um, that uh, are very uh, marking to a person in, in different cultures. Um, anyways, I love the ideas of witnesses. I actually got to do that as I had a Brazilian wedding and, Ameri- and two different American weddings. I basically had a Brazilian ma- wedding, an American wedding, and a Jamaican wedding. Um, but I've never been to Jamaica and seen their weddings. I just married a Jamaican <laughs> and like had some Jamaican food and stuff. So I don't know. You can't really call that a Jamaican wedding. But um, yes, so the whole thing about being late to their own wedding. So funny story. I was so determined that from my Brazilian wedding, we would not be late. Like I would not be late. Nobody else would be late. We would have it on time. I said it for 10 o'clock in the morning. It was super hot, like so hot. It was November 9th. Okay. So November is starting to get into hot season. <laughs> um, our, it's close to summer. And so it was a super, super hot day. And there was only so much shade that people could sit it under. And we were getting ready to get going and we realized that not all of the witnesses were there so in in the processional you have to have all the witnesses go in before the bride the groom and the bride and and all that so anyways one of our witnesses were 20 minutes late and I was a little upset I was a little upset because I had so many kids at the wedding like it's really hard for kids to sit still and stuff and just like, what is going on? Like, I told everybody, like, this really mattered to me. Like, this was really something I wanted to do differently. And uh, anyways, I, they didn't tell me why they were late. You know, I forgot. And the, like, oh my goodness, a bride will never remember everything <laughs> because she's trying to remember everything on her wedding day. And there's so many details. But um, after after we got back from our honeymoon, I actually found out that that couple was late to my wedding because their car had actually been stolen at gunpoint from them and they had to walk to the police station to report it and that's and get a ride from someone else to my wedding and that's why they were late and I was like, well, I think if anyone has an exception, 
I mean, a reason, like a good reason (laughs) for being late to a wedding. That's definitely it. So that's why my wedding was late. But yeah, no, weddings in other countries. Tell me your, I would love to know your experiences, your thoughts about different things. Um, Like, I never realized that there's actually a lot of, like, so many traditions that we have in our American weddings. Like I was like, well, weddings overseas are always so cool. Like why don't we have any cool traditions like that? And we actually really do. Like I actually studied about it and did a class for the international school about different traditions with weddings and what American traditions and weddings were. And it's actually very interesting um, to understand the history behind some of the stuff of what we do and what the traditions are for a white dress. And that actually goes back to like Queen Victoria in England. So I'm not even American, that's England. But, um, you know, why do we have bridesmaids and groomsmen? Uh, why... Uh, why do we have throw the bouquet? Why do they do the garter, Gar- garter, garter, gardener, not gardener? Um, like so many different things that we do that I don't, I don't think we realize that those are traditions. We just realize, oh yeah, this is what we're going to do. And sometimes it takes going to another country to realize that your own country actually has um, a lot of traditions, and they don't all make sense either. Like a lot of them don't make sense. So in closing, those are some musings from someone who is very much involved in this American life, but just really wants to talk about that missionary life, stories and hindsights.